Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Gen Teach. Today we're going to be talking about issues facing LGBTQ plus teachers, specifically what it's like to be an LGBTQ plus teacher, what are the challenges facing those teachers, and should you come out to your students? Today we're joined by guests Simon and Courtney to give us their insight in this specific context. So listen up and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to Jen's Heach. We are back. Oh my God, it's been ages. Mr. Dale, how are you doing? How are you doing? What's been going on? I'm all on? right. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, um, well, we went into lockdown. Um, I've been, I went to Tesco's today. <laughs> What'd you get? What was on your list? Um, which, um, what did I get? Um, Kiev's. You know, I like a Kiev. I know you like a Kiev. I am a Kiev fan. Yeah, I do sell a Kiev. Um, what else? Some coffee. Kiev's and a coffee. Lovely. I mean, the last time you told me to get Kiev's, I ended up eating two and a half in one sitting. So I, I need mean, to like that, be careful. <laughs> that is quite problematic. That is quite problematic. They're okay in small doses, but maybe not two and a half. <laughs> two and a half Kiev's is also, actually like... Also, who had the other half? Your mum? yeah. So who got the lovely, oh, okay. So she did enjoy some bits of the juicy bit then. Because if you had half of it and leaked all that juice out, she's going to be very unhappy. So dry. Imagine the cough. So dry. Do you ever do that? Like (laughs) when you eat a dry piece of toast or something and it catches the back of your throat, you're like, "Eh." (laughs) has that ever happened to you? I I will not put that myself through that. I will lather it in butter. It's not a choice, babe. Sometimes, yeah, that bread isn't coming through. It's stale. So you just got to put up with it. What what are you putting yourself through? Come on, luxury of lockdown. I mean, get yourself I did some have decent pack. Oh, I don't know actually oh if I God. should be saying this, but then I did have COVID, and it meant that when the bread was out, or if there was like only freezer bread, I had to just make do because no one could go to the shop for me. My auntie won't come within like I don't know a whole street next to me. Like she won't let me come near her at all. There's no oh one else. God. No, it wasn't That's happening. It. Well, so what what else have you been up to apart from getting COVID? That's a good question. Um, Obviously, virtual school is amazing. I love it so much. Mm. Um, It's been nice to speak to the kids. (laughs) It's been nice to be back with, like, my coaching group. Um, Otherwise, I've just been kind of spending a lot of time on FaceTime with my friends, which is actually so cute. Otherwise, we're just chilling. That's good. I didn't have any symptoms with COVID though, which I'm very grateful for. It could have gone south and I was all right. But we're at the other end now and it's okay. Did your your mum get it or did she? No, she didn't get it at all. Did your mum get it? No, not at all. That's so good. I know. So we are on the move. My brother and sister have got it. Really? Are they suffering? it's I think it's time to say yeah well I don't know suffering as much as anyone suffers really I think it's really strange well because they live at home so my mum's like I think she's kind of like uh secluded them to their rooms don't come near us I was in my room like what is it Rapunzel is Rapunzel the right character yeah (laughs) I was literally like Rapunzel (laughs) what what are you gonna do with it Honestly, I was just like, I'm going to stay here. My mum was like, don't come near me. Leave, like, it was your fault for going to get COVID. It was my fault, to be honest. 
it was my fault and I can't do anything about um, that because I had to take the L. Can't do anything about it. I know, exactly. Well, at least you're still with us. We're, we're all here. We're all That's here. two of us. Two, two, yeah, two out of two COVIDs. Done. Exactly. Completed it, mate. Well, right. we have two special guests with us today. I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> so we are going to be having a conversation today about sexuality in education. So I'm going to let my guests introduce themselves. Um, Simon, would you like to start? Hi. Uh, yes, I'm so excited to be here. I literally feel, I was saying today, Marley, I feel like I'm, I've been invited to meet the Queen or something. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is me- some Queen. Why am I on? What's that? Am I a meet? No, no. <laughs> you're meeting some. No, you're meeting some queens today. Uh, there are some queens here. We're all queens here. So that's <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, this is like a subject that I'm really, really passionate about. So I'm very happy to be here. Uh, my name is Simon. I am a teacher in um, the primary sector of our school that we teach at. Uh, and I also teach across the whole of primary. I teach arts the whole of primary. Um, and I also recently this year started teaching secondary as well. So it's a whole new world for me. Um, and my background is mainly in early years and I've taught sort of all ages in primary as well. So that's me. Oh, my pronouns are he and him. And I identify as a gay man. Proud gay man. Yes. <laughs> Woo! Amazing. Um, yeah. Hi. My name is Courtney. Um, I'm a drama teacher and I teach mainly in secondary um, at the school that we all work in. Um, and I, I'm i really excited about this podcast because Simon and I have had many a drunken conversation about sexuality and education. And sober. <laughs> and sober. And sober. We tend to be having them for so long that we then have to drink as well. Um, so um, I've been teaching for about four years. Um my pronouns are they and there um and i identify as queer and all the wonderful things that that take part of that fantastic so, yeah, love it welcome guys it's so nice to have you both i know it's a double whammy it is it's gonna be like a I mean, we struggle with three people not speaking over each other. So four people, we're fucked. We're really going to have to, <laughs> I don't know. But we can use, I was saying to Simon earlier. Do you know earlier, what we need? Can we do hands up on this? Yeah, raise hands. So if you go to reactions, if you want to stay in the spirit of our school, Where? we can do a thumbs up. Or if you want to just be like everyone else, we can do a raise hand. That mm-hmm. is such a school 21 oh, typical like protocol, isn't it? For anyone who doesn't know. Yeah. Very good. Can't get away from the in. But then you have to remember to lower, lower your it. hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right, I can do that. But, you know, thumbs in, when I'm at, like, external meetings, I literally sit there and I go like this, and people are like, time. are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah, something okay, that then. we do at school 21. What does that mean? Like, we, we, me and Courtney used to live together and we would have like gatherings and things at our house sometimes and people would be sat in a circle and if it was something we all felt really passionate about people would literally be sat there with their thumbs in and people who didn't work with us were like what's wrong with you it's <laughs> so weird it's so weird in my last school we used to click to agree so I remember like us being at the pub afterwards and like if people would agree they'd be like <laughs> I, I, like I, I want to bring that in 
No, it was a bit weird because I remember the first, it was like the inset day before you start. It was July. And bear in mind, like this was the school I taught at. So I had no experience of secondary education outside of my own as a student. And I remember just like at various points in the day, I would hear clicking from behind me. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? Is it a tick? Is someone got a tick? I don't want to draw attention to it. And then they finally addressed it like three weeks in. I was like, oh, that's why everyone's clicking. It's not some sort of contagious tick <laughs> that people have developed here. That's so inclusive of you though, Rob. I love that you like didn't want to shame anyone <laughs> straight away. I know. And then I did shame them afterwards. I was like, what the fuck is this weird clicking thing? <laughs> I think I, I, st- like I think I still clicking. do it. I, I do still do it. Like my kids at school, they say, like my coaching group, they t- they say to me, they're like, "Oh, you always say click to agree," and I'm like, "Do I? I don't. They don't realize." I've never heard I you say that. That's yeah. This it's rubbish. They're out to get me. <laughs> but it's it's because schools are actually just like socially acceptable cults. So, yes especially ours yes. ours is especially just like a full-on yeah. cult yeah so like amen, language amen. is just like indoctrinated into you and you don't even realize like that thumb thing like why on earth are we all doing that when we're outside of that building but it's this in our brains exactly because we're there so much as well it just kind of becomes your entire language right it's... and i feel like because it's not the only thing that is highly unusual in any school setting um it just catches like I remember when I came for the first inset not inset like an induction day and we were singing so when I went back to my Manchester school I was like never guess what (laughs) they were so gobsmacked but I was just like anything can happen from here and I'll just accept it if I can sing Whitney Houston in the morning I can do anything (laughs) like (laughs) mate it wasn't Whitney Houston that first it it was was the Zulu song you were singing Courtney it It was was the Zulu song uh, wait, no. no, it wasn't Amoja. It was um, Ungo 1940. Yes. Ungo oh, the one about the mountain or the volcano? Kela, no, the bicycle. <laughs> Kela Marabi <laughs> City. Kela yeah, that, that, was, that was the warm up. That bicycle song was the warm up. That's how intense it was. And then we had and to do Reefer Franklin. Yeah, we had to do Respect, right? Yeah. I feel like Did we've we? done this. I yeah, feel like because I did. remember I was I was stitched up like a kipper and got in the morning <laughs> and Emily, like a kipper and Emily was like, Oh Courtney, can you sing the opening? And I was like, Yeah, like cool, whatever. And then she was like, Yeah, on your own in front of all of the new members of staff. She didn't, <laughs> didn't let me know that bit until about 10 minutes before it was gonna happen. I was like, Oh my god, Christ. Oh. You yeah. killed it though. I remember that was the first <laughs> time I ever had your voice, and I was like what is this angel within you that I've never heard of? <laughs> You're going to have to sing for us okay. because I've never had the pleasure. I, I, I don't remember you singing it. I heard you it, singing um, The Little Shop of Horrors. You know, when you did the thing in front of the staff, that was nice. When we do in the briefing, like the week before the show, when yeah. we like, come and yeah. buy yeah. tickets. <laughs> yes. That was good. That show was incredible as well. It was excellent, yeah. It was so good. Yeah, tell the budget that. <laughs> I mean, it's, you could tell it cost a lot. It was, it was, it was glad. Production value was high. It what was month very was that? high. February, literally just before we went into lockdown. It was oh really that seem like them. Wow. It seems like a lifetime wow. ago. I know, right? It's mad. It's been a, it's been a year. It, yeah. How does everyone feel about it coming up to a year? Like, what's, does it feel real? Is it too surreal? 
It's the new normal. I just didn't think we was going to actually get here. <laughs> like, yeah. in a way, where <laughs> I, thought, I thought it would be over by Christmas. I was like, oh, December's fine. And it only got worse. Um, so I'm a bit, dis- well, not a bit disappointed, highly disappointed, Mark. <laughs> You know. It was the like it was the horrible reality of going back to remote learning for me that really yeah. like cemented it. Like that Thursday, mm. teaching in front, like teaching it on a laptop. I was like, oh, this is this is dire. Like this is absolute mm. dire. It's I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting all these weird like moments of deja vu where I'm starting to. I forgot how it felt in the lock, first lockdown. And now that I'm going through the motions of it again, I'm like, oh no, I remember this weird feeling and this weird thing that you have to do and how this feels really mm. difficult and different. It's, it's a weird, yeah. weird time. I'm not here for it. I'm not I here for I have to say, like... though, like, it's... Go on, babe. No, you go. I can't... Wait, what was I going to say? Oh, <laughs> I'm not here for, like, the swapping the screen. I hate it because there's a glitch now on Google where if you say share this tab instead, it will take you off of presenting the screen, like, completely... So you have to stop sharing and then present again, like do the whole pr- process again. And it's really irritating. It takes like I have like separate windows going on everywhere. Yeah, mm. yeah, me too. And it's so stressful. And then, and like, and then because my laptop, like I got my laptop four years ago, which doesn't sound like a long time, but it's a mm. MacBook. So therefore they like, they die quick mm. and if I have anything else open it like freaks out and it's like no I'm gonna throw you out of your lesson I was teaching year nine the other day and she got thrown out of it and I was like you don't no 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 Google you don't understand my <laughs> you can't be on their own in an online space like you can't let that happen <laughs> oh my god Google reason with me come on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is my, my my year 11s yesterday well actually a couple of them in particular I logged on at 11.21 rather than 11.20. And mm. one of them was like, sir, your punctuality is not on point. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> That's that top set energy that you've got. They are actually so lovely. I love them so much. Did they spell it properly in the French way though? Or did they just write on point in English? No, they're like, actually, they're actually like, they're so articulate in the chat. I live for it. It's so good. So That must be nice. They are so sweet. I don't know what that's like. I, no, I know. I was going to... But I have to say, though, like, I don't know about you guys, but I am actually... The unpopular opinion, but I actually kind of like it. Like, I'm actually finding that... I think it's certainly easier than it was last year. And I think that for me, like, I... We're quite lucky in maths because we've got lots of systems and we've got lots of like websites we can use. And we've really kind of fallen on our feet in that regard. So it's it's really, really nice being able to... Obviously, there's like some stragglers that are kind of missing out. But like I feel some of them are really making a lot more progress than they were in the classroom. I think just being out of that space, like without any distractions and having the maths to focus on. And I think especially with maths, like you, the way that what we're using at the moment, everyone's kind of work is being projected at the same time. So you can see like if someone is on question nine and I think a lot of them are like, oh Christ, like this person's on question nine or I'm on question four. I should probably like push, push myself a bit harder. Pressure learning, really, really, that's what we like to yeah, hear. Pressure, pressure learning. It's a, pressure learning, but it's actually really nice because like, I'm, like today, one of my students, one of my year nines was like, sir, can you help me on question four? And another student was like oh as if 
needs help on question four like can I come off mute and just explain it to him I was like of course that's so kind and it's it's actually those moments that you forget about that exist in the classroom that can be translated online I think it's just it takes them a bit of time to get used to it and I think now they are used to it because it's the second year that they've done it right so I think actually the year that is coping the best is year nine I've only got them for projects Mm. but so far I've had more people come on with their cameras on they are muting themselves really quickly they're always asking questions about the work like they're switched on but sixth form I found is really difficult year 11 year 10 are okay but I actually had to kick out a year 12 boy from my lesson yesterday because he decided it was a great idea to call the class dumbasses um yeah which if he ever listens to this he knows it's not on because I said listen don't don't cross the line anymore sometimes he just doesn't really think so I was like every time you do this I'm just gonna remove you from the lesson and equally year 13 they're only doing coursework at the moment but I just don't really know how they're gonna cope with completing their coursework outside of school if that makes sense they're not very they're not managing their time. Some of them are, but others aren't managing their time as well as they could. Like they're placing normal homework above actual coursework. And that's a problem. So but you I know, know why, right? Why? Because it's like, coursework's such a big piece of work, mm. right? That it just, like I had to write an essay for uni for Monday of this week. Mm. And I put it off until saturday because i was just like it's so big i don't want to do it yeah yeah and you just you just do every single other thing out every other thing that you can like plan a lesson for thursday of next week and you're like that (laughs) is completely unnecessary Mm. and then then it kind of cracks down to you so i guarantee the weekend of it'll be i feel like lockdown really kind of emphasizes the procrastination that we are capable of as well it's like yeah well, there's no one here to watch me or, like, keep an eye on me, so I'll just do everything else I yeah. have to do before this massive task. <laughs> and exactly. I can prove that. Yeah? I take your year nine of coping the best and raise you year five and six because year five and six online for drama is the cutest thing you ever did see. Um, oh, my God. They, um, they are, like, we're doing a Nancy the Spider as a story love, 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 yeah and love Nancy, uni- yeah. yeah like so unicorn theater over last lockdown did some like uh lockdown th- theater like children's um, workshops theater yeah so we're like using that and i i shit you not i got all of my kids to pretend to be an animal sitting at their like desk or their sofa or their on their bed, whatever, with their camera. I sent them all into breakout rooms and they were all having conversations as their animals around the talking point. Elephants are literally so annoying. Oh and I was just popping into breakout rooms and they were like pretending to be like snakes and pretending to be like antelopes and geckos. And oh my God, it was, inc- it was so incredible. Wait, were they, were they talking uh, in English or were they talking in like an animal language? Oh, they were talking in, they were talking in English, but they, but right. like every now and again, they'd like let out their animal sound. 
I love that. Oh my god. That, which really crazy. threw off the kid who which really threw off a kid who was um an armadillo because he was in a group <laughs> with a lion. Um he was in a group with a lion and a snake. I can't remember, but quite obvious animal noises. And so they were all what making the animal make? noises. And he was like, and he did that, you know, you can do the ask for help um thing on, yeah. on the hangouts yeah. in a breakout room. So I like zoomed off to their room and then I was like, you're right. And he was like, Miss, I don't know what sound an armadillo makes. Can you help me? Because everyone's making their sounds. <laughs> <laughs> what sound does it make? I, I don't know. I think I it would make a sound like... It's in my head, I imagine. Okay. It sounds just like Cardi B. That's how an armadillo sounds. That's, yeah, how an armadillo sounds. <laughs> Oh my god! Did you have that girl doing her handstands again, Courtney? Handstands. There's that girl in your year in your year five class who's like obsessed with handstands. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! And she always does like um like backward uh, backwards uh, walkovers and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah when I covered that lesson. Yeah, and she was just like every freeze frame was a handstand. I was like, babe, you need to show some like. Versatility. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> you're stagnating. This handstand is right, Michelle. Uh, well, 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 honestly, oh get rid God. of that bodysuit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you Wait, come out here with another pussycat wig ever again. <laughs> no, I should have. Pussycat handstands. Oh my God. <laughs> have we started the two new seasons, by the way? Of course. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Of yeah. course. I'm obsessed. Uh, which one? Which one's better? UK. In your opinion. Yeah, Amen Sister. Yeah. I would say UK, but I actually felt quite anxious watching the UK version. Because it just all feels so close to home. I, like I think that's better, right? Yeah, it is nice. I, I, I love RuPaul doing all the impression, all the British accents. Like when he does his Scottish accent, I just find oh that God. the most hilarious thing ever. <laughs> When he tried to impersonate Liz Hurley saying Glasgow, that was also a wonderful moment. Glasgow. I I love it. I laugh, though, out of the US one. Um, I love Simone. Oh, Uh, 100%. She's got to win. Honestly. I'm so obsessed with her. I do also love Olivia Lux, though. Like, both of them are just wonderful. Do you remember when we were watching her at my house, Courtney? a few weeks ago and she was talking about playing the little piano and doing oh my god oh my god no talking about playing the piano did you, do you remember in the uk one when they had to dress up as their gay idols and that one dressed up as alan turing alan yes. turing in inverted commas in the <laughs> binary dress just, they just no and then started going like that while they were walking along the like typing <laughs> When was it that? Was, um, I don't remember that. Tia, it was Tia, Tia Coffee. Oh, I live yes. for that. So was, I wasn't paying attention, clearly. Wait, was do, like, we think, this is... <laughs> do we think, who won the last challenge? I can't remember her name. Astina. But, um, yeah, Astina. Astina. Do we think she deserved that? I think she sold yeah. it on attitude, and I think that's what drag is all about. Where, mm-hmm. But I think if you're comparing her to the same... Um, you know, criteria as all the other drag queens, I don't think it was fair. Because they they rip people for being too simple and being uh, the lower end of drag. And I think that, yeah, she totally, she deserved it on attitude and like Mm. her finesse, but yeah. Yeah, I felt like Lawrence Cheney might have been giving it a little bit more. What did Lawrence Cheney wear again? 
Lawrence Cheney did. One? Yeah. Mm. Latex. Um, yeah, mm. I thought that look was so cool. Agreed. Um, but I feel, but I've got a theory, and I think that Estina Mandela's Naomi Campbell look looked way better in person than it did with the with the stage lights on it. It must have. It looked like I a black like, bin bag on screen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, because I think because it had so much like sheer material, and they were putting such harsh like LED lights on it. Like when yeah. you put those harsh um, LED lights, I know this from being a drama teacher. Um, it can like get rid of <laughs> it can like get rid of texture. Like you need to be really mm. careful about like what colors you put on colors. So like blue on black, for example, just gets rid of texture. So I think it would have come across way better in person than it did like on screen. That's my theory, anyway. It has to because. I was really confused. I was so confused at the whole thing. But it was, I was dying when they were dragging her for her ASOS jacket. And I was like, <laughs> how, how that 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 I, like, I, I would like, buy that outfit on ASOS. <laughs> yeah. That was so that was cool. was a cool jacket. I loved it. <laughs> and then also Ginny she... Lemon was just like, um, you're just all intimidated by her. So stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100%. So we need like a whole other episode for Drag Race, I think. <laughs> no, I was going to say <laughs> maybe this we should podcast. Do like a I think so. Maybe oh, that's the yes. podcast that we start, Simon. Yeah, we could do our own. Yeah, podcast. Yeah, we and then like we invite Robert podcast, Mali as guests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Element. You invite us on. Well, should we should we get started with the real talk now? I the think so. Talk. Let's go. Right. So I think so. The first question to kind of get us started is is um do you think that uh sexuality is is treated as a taboo in education and if so why so, so i think that there are a lot of schools that do lgbt plus inclusive education really well i think it's it's not fair to say that it's taboo in all schools but i do think that it has to start somewhere and you can't have it all at once and you can't have everyone on the same page and have policies completely, you know, like polished um, straight away. So I think it has to start somewhere and then it evolves over time. It really depends on the community of the school as well. So, um, yeah, I think I think it, there are times where I felt in my school career that it's definitely been taboo. And as a queer person myself, having to be at the forefront of driving it and pushing it. All the, to- all the time like as most queer people are given that responsibility you definitely have moments where you start to question yourself and you, you start to think you know start to believe all the negative thoughts and all the the kind of disguised homophobia that's out there um so i for sure have questioned that myself and i've you know when i've been kind of like pushing for activities or um like equality weeks and things like that to be um put into place in schools I, I have questioned it and thought oh my gosh am I just like pushing my own agenda here am I and I, you start to believe all those negative things that you hear in the media and um from other like you know other ignorant sources so I can see why people would think that but I think you can be in a really lucky position like we are in our school I think where you can be around lots of allies and lots of people who believe in it as well um yeah I think it plays into um, the idea that you were talking about, Simon, where you're saying like, you feel like you're pushing your own agenda. And I feel that can sometimes like play into the whole taboo thing because 
I feel like sometimes people that aren't queer feel like they can't really have that conversation, like, or can't drive that force, um, which is kind of a bit like a like double-edged sword, like, because obviously you, you don't want the fight to just be your fight. <laughs> like, because the idea is that it is inclusive for all and everyone is having these, like these conversations, but as well, like you don't want them to have like conversations with students that are based on a really like societal, like removed viewpoint of, of like being queer and living that queer lifestyle. Um, so I, I think we are, I think we can be quite lucky in the school that we're in, like we're in quite a progressive school, but I think sometimes a lot of progressive schools just rest on the fact that they're called progressive schools and maybe don't um, put as Didn't much like, yeah, like proactive work in like into that. And so I think sometimes like we think we've probably come further than we actually have. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I think there's definitely been moments where I've kind of felt from, um in in my job i think with people who don't necessarily identify as queer they might not understand the difficulties in navigating a straight world and they might be completely um in support and fully you know pro lgbt plus um, inclusivity and everything and they might not realize how much of a gap there is and how difficult it can be and all the all the kind of obstacles that are in the way. So yeah, I see what you mean as well, Courtney. Yeah, I also think um, what you said, Courtney, about a school just resting on the fact that they're labelled progressive is so true, because there are other schools that I know of um, that aren't typically referred to as progressive at all, but then there are members of staff or there's been an initiative to kind of bring organisations in like the rainbow flag and, and they've basically created a big, um, I'm looking for a word, but it's gone out of my head, like a big kind of initiative. Pardon? Like visibility? Yeah, yeah. There's like a lot of visibility within that school community because it's seen as so important to make it clear that the school is becoming progressive. But yes, as you said, the ones who are just like given the title due to their staff body or whatever, of a reason don't really kind of take the ball with two horns and they get very very complacent I definitely agree with that yeah and I think it's like we need to kind of check our history before we start moving forward and I think that that's really important to me and like the fact that like section 28 was only abolished in this country in like 2003 I think it was I think it was Scotland yeah. it was like 2000 or 2001 um and like we had people like David Cameron, who then became the prime minister of this country, who was actively like going against Blair at the time being like, this is, you know, this is a step down for family values. And like, that was in 2003, like, and that's really not that long ago. Um, and so, and obviously like, it's great that it's been abolished, but then it felt like there was no training then after that to fill the gap that, that, that had been left. Um, and because I, I, I think for me that is what makes it the biggest taboo in education is that not not the biggest taboo sorry but what what makes it a big taboo f like for me personally is because people just aren't trained man like people aren't trained to have those conversations like there's no training um, that is like actively pushed on schools to to teach their students about like LGBTQ plus relationships um and I feel like we're still in that void that's been left 
you know 17 that was that was that was supposed to have been start making proper moves like 17 years ago and we I don't feel like we've come that far um yeah so I feel like we need to kind of like check back before we try and strive forward Simon yeah I, I I think we definitely are still feeling the remnants and the repercussions of that kind of Thatcher era um and I think Maybe not really obviously, but I think those that kind of um, all the negative connotations that were put out about queer people in the media, like things like gay people are paedophiles and things like that. I think that massively is still ingrained in us in like a, a very subconscious way. I remember when I first started teaching and I was working in nurseries and I've always worked with very young children as well. And there was still elements of me when I was a young teacher that was still questioning like is it is it right for me living as a openly queer person to be in this classroom and obviously I don't think that in the forefront of my mind but those things that um that kind of like internalized homophobia that we can't escape from as queer people for sure was still there and it's taken me a really long time to dismantle that and unpack that and to be able to actually work actively against that um and I think far too often there are things such as religion or culture that are just used as scapegoats a lot of the time in making it such a taboo. Um, so I think that's also like a massive, a massive contributing factor. Do you think as well that the lack of training hasn't just had a negative impact on the teacher to student relationship and understanding, but also like the staff, well, colleague to colleague understanding as well? Because I know that for some members of staff, having that conversation with others isn't that comfortable, unfortunately. Um, and do we think it is down to that lack of training as well that is not equipped um, heterosexual members of staff who aren't understanding or aware of the issues that gay and lesbian members of staff go through? Um, and does training need to happen in order to kind of bridge that gap in those instances? I would only speak from personal experience, but I think with, with, I don't know if you guys would agree with me, but I think being a queer person, you, you do have these subconscious feelings of shame, um, irrespective yeah. of where you are. So I think so like the same, the same way I wouldn't hold my boyfriend's hand if I was walking on the street and it sounds really stupid or it sounds kind of sad, but it's, like it becomes a very physical thing where you 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 don't feel you feel compelled that you can't do certain things in public um and that's not the that's not the fault of the people in the present it's it's a history of like how we grow up in schools as well and i think that part of schools responsibility isn't necessarily like people being trained but just people people uh, treating it as an issue, perhaps. So I think I've, I often kind of say this, but I think I find it really problematic when schools will stick up like a Stonewall poster and just kind of leave it there. And it's, yeah. it, cre it, it, it creates, it begins a conversation, but that conversation or that narrative is so unstable because people, kids see it, they think nothing of it, it becomes part of the furniture. And for me, 
it has to be something that's continued. So I'm often, and I think what you were saying, Simon, earlier about like, you feel like as a queer person, you're the only person dealing with queer issues. And I think that's the same, like whenever I've experienced homophobia in school, whether it be from staff or students, I've often felt that I'm the person who is having to bring that to the table. And I often feel that in those instances, that irrespective of the, the leaders around you or the members of staff or the students, you do feel let down and you do feel alienated. And certainly when I've had those experiences, it takes me back to when I was in school and I felt like an outsider. And I felt that was a real Achilles heel of mine. If anyone ever swung that around that I was gay, that that was a way to just shut me down. And I think that because it's such an effective way of shutting people down and people don't want to talk about it and keep going on about it because we feel like we're moaning or we feel like it's our issue. It just never gets dealt with. So I think kind of what, what I wanted to know, because Simon, you were saying that you've seen it done well before, like what experiences have you had in schools where you feel like that was a really great way that they have maybe dealt with a particular situation or maybe have done something which has uh, brought, LGBTQ to more prominence within a school? Um, I, so I wouldn't say I've maybe seen that within, I think it really has to come from the SLT and it really has to come from the wider staff body and an actual motivation to want to um, tackle these issues and make them an upfront issue and make it so that it's not just tokenistic and it's kind of really ingrained into throughout the curriculum um but you know and i've i've heard re about really great schools that do it that have a really lgbt plus inclusive education um and i think that the ones that have done well are the ones that it comes from the top down as well and it can't just be the people on the kind of front line who are who are the only ones affected by this situation it has to be like a wider agreed um open conversation that keeps going yeah I think I agree with you on that Simon like it had for things like that to be sustained like it has to be top down and I think it also has to be just like unrelentless and unforgiving like um I think I've had so many conversations with teachers where we've had to like clarify homophobic language and I've had, you know, and, and that's conversations with SLT who have come to find me because they know that it's homophobic, but they want to ask a gay person how homophobic it is. And like, I, I've had those conversations and like, then, and then also that can be like f fairly traumatic to then even try to be like, oh, well, yeah, it is, it is homophobic. And they're like, oh, so should it, like, should it carry the same weight as this sanction? And I'm like, what? I'm not SLT. Like, why am I getting asked this? Like, just because I'm like, just because I'm gay, you're like, oh yeah, well, we'll just, we'll just ask, we'll just ask them because they're, they're the gay guru. So they know everything to do with like homophobic slurs. I mean, that's not not true though, Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's so funny. But I think- Yeah, and I, th I think, oh, sorry, go on. And, and I think that is just like, that's something that I've found, especially working at a school that is so liberal. And because I, I, I choose to be openly queer at school to students and staff, and that, that's a choice that I have made um, and that I've been privileged, privileged enough to be able to make. Um, but that also means that I get teachers like 
so regularly, oh, I've just had this conversation with this kid, they've just come out, can you have a chat with them? And then you're in this really weird, like, you're in this really weird space of like, well, of course I want to have a chat with them because like, I don't want them, like, I don't want them to feel like ostracized. I don't want them to feel like freaked out, but also there's something like bad in our head that we, we like negate coming out with then feeling uh, like shame and feeling, you know, like linking to the stuff that you were saying, Rob, about that just the like microaggression, isn't heavy it? shame. Mm. Yeah. Rather than like, you know, it's like a ha- when, when girls tell me that they've started their period, and or like people tell me that they've started their period and I'm I automatically I'm like yes well done congratulations <laughs> like it's like it's mm-hmm. I, I try and make it like a, a, a like celebration yeah like, oh my god you get a period up it's going to be super exciting for you um mm-hmm. and it's like we don't we don't we like tread around carefully people coming out and it's like oh well do you want it and obviously like you don't want to be outed but like to even have the question of like do you want other people to know straight away just elicits like oh shit should I should I not want people to know and then it's like Mm -hmm. having like as a teacher trying to have like secret conversations with with queer kids because I've been set up by a straight teacher who didn't feel that they could handle that conversation or felt like I would be better to have that conversation it's really difficult to navigate man Mm. yeah I think as a teacher every single teacher should be qualified enough to have those conversations and they might not have their own um, personal experiences of it but it can't just always land on on queer teachers to do it. I think it's actually like a really brave, like especially secondary teachers, like I take my hats off to all you guys. I think it's like the bravest thing for a queer person to become a teacher because the experiences and the memories that they have from school are so triggering, like you said, Rob. And I feel that every single day when I step into school, especially now that I'm teaching year eight, it's like, oh my God, I've literally chosen to put myself back into this, like, uh, this situation that I felt so traumatised by. Um, I don't think that's given enough, like, thought to by um, wider staff as well. I think people kind of glaze over that and think, oh, well, that's in the past, that was done, that's just part of your childhood. You know, it's, they forget that that's definitely still a massive part of, your journey as a queer person and I don't I'm not sure if that work of unlearning and dismantling that shame that we've kind of had put upon us is ever really fully done um yeah I, and also, I just think that's like, glazed over sometimes yeah like Rob was saying that shame that like oh you know like Rob you were saying that you won't always like hold your boyfriend's hand when you're walking down the street and like so there's like obviously the shame was probably more intense for all of us when we were teenagers and we were at school but like that that shit still exists like I still you know I've still had people like walk past and spit at me when I've been with I've been with my partner like Mm -hmm. I've still had people like make really obscene comments and then be like and then when they realize that I'm like kissing a woman they're like oh yeah let like I'll watch like and things like things like that that people just that generally like heteronormative heterosexual people and I'm not going to say never but like generally it won't happen whereas in a room of queer people we can all give stories about like really traumatic things that have happened to us and they just get normalized because so many people have them happen like like so, so many people have like called me a homophobic slur or have done something towards me that it's like oh okay or have been shocked when I say that I'm queer and they're like wow really and it's like oh god oh, sorry should I not have met you, you know mm. and I think then 
and then having to walk into a school every day and be and like either choose to be open or choose to not be open like it it kind of it interweaves all of this like mad shame web that you're just trying to like <laughs> navigate I think as well in the same breath and it kind of spoken about already but specifically situations where students have been homophobic I often feel that I am or if, if students have been homophobic in front of me often I feel that um, I am placed as the person who is the victim to kind of um, explain to the child exactly why they've upset me and I think that's really really inappropriate because as much as yes that we have all gone through these experiences where we have been the victim of abuse it does not make us um able to especially like within 10 minutes of the lesson ending be able to articulate why something was wrong or, or i could not explain to someone i can't give them an argument and say yeah you shouldn't have said that word because i just don't have training in in how to explain to students like this is not an acceptable way and of course like i could do like a rough shot of it, but I don't think I would be as effective as if somebody was properly trained and could sit down with that child and say, this is exactly why it's wrong. This is exactly what you need to do in order to uh, like restore yourself and get back into that classroom. And this is how we make sure it never happens again. I just, I don't feel ready for that conversation. So I think when you're thrown back in there, you, you do feel kind of just as lost as you would be if someone was shouting homophobic abuse at you on the street. I think, like, kind of linking to what you're saying, Rob, like, the thing about teaching and the really unique thing about teaching is that it, it you can't just leave your personal life at home and then come into school and be put on your professional hat. Like, teaching is such a social profession and career that you have to bring yourself to school. You have to do that in order to build relationships and foster, and you have to be your authentic self. So I think when parents, the parent community or whoever has an issue with LGBT+, plus issues being present in schools have an issue with that it's like that can't just be a part of myself that I remove because it's such a personal thing within schools um and I, I remember day I remember I, we were in lesson once well we were teaching in two classrooms next to each other and that 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 uh homophobic slur happened to me and I honestly in that moment I've never really experienced that with an older child before because I experience it all the time with younger kids and the thing is when younger kids are homophobic, like you can't really hold it against them. And I don't think it, you can with teenagers either because that's something that they've inherently learned from their background, their culture. They've had that kind of been great. They, they don't just wake up one day and you're homophobic. That comes from somewhere. And so I'd never experienced that with an older student before where I was kind of like, you know what you're doing. You know the difference between right and wrong. Like I've had four-year-olds before telling me that, you know, that, that, that their religion says that, I'm going to go to hell. And I've had like other um, young kids saying, oh, like you should, when well, I've said I've got a boyfriend, they'll be like, oh, you should go to a doctor. Like you need to go and see a doctor. <laughs> so and oh. like those kind of experiences, you can take a moment, breathe and be like, okay, this is an opportunity for you to learn. And I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. I'm not going to take this offensively, but we are only human. And it's really as, as professional as I can try and be and as eloquent as I can try and be, there are moments where you are just caught and those feelings will come back to you and you are that little kid again in the playground or in the classroom being taunted and, and bullied, essentially. Um, and apart from us, I don't think there's anyone who's standing up and highlighting that 
And I think because I because we've had conversations about this before, Simon, specifically now that you're like teaching year eight. Um, like obviously it is probably it is like super traumatic to then have a conversation with a student that has just used a homophobic slur like against you because it is like Rob you said you know it puts you back into that like person like doing on the street but like for me personally like fundamentally I I will always like because I I don't want that kid to then leave leave a place where I teach being homophobic because I don't want them to turn into the adult that's going to do it I don't want them to turn into the adult that's going to spit on me when I'm with my partner or and so I and like Simon was saying those behaviors are just that they're learned which means that they can be unlearned and it it's more difficult I think at secondary school because generally at secondary like you were saying Simon when children are homophobic they mean to be <laughs> it's yeah. not like them kind of saying something that's like fluffy in the air like they they very much mean to use it to harm but I think that it's more important like we can't just like brand these kids as like oh well you're like you're homophobic now like because, because that just that just entirely like paints their picture for them um and but, th- but that's why there needs to be a very like top-down structure so that there is like support in those moments because like behavior is never personal right ever like if a kid is is like homophobic or racist or whatever towards you they don't know enough about you for it to be personal they're like they're freaking out or like kicking out yeah they want to hurt but whoever was standing in them they would make the like make the hit hurt for whoever was in front of them and it just so happens that like if you are openly queer or you um present in a, in in a queer way that's that's what they're going to hear and i know that's probably quite like a maybe controversial opinion to have um but i I really kind of fundamentally in those in those situations like don't get me wrong there needs to be sanction and there needs to do you know what I mean like there needs to be like there there is a consequence for you doing this because it is using homophobic like homophobic language but calling kids like homophobic and like I just feel like they're far too young for us to be sticking these labels on them already and they've still got so many more years of education where if there's a good system in place that will hopefully breed a bit more like tolerance and a bit more respect but I know that that can be quite a like a weird place to live sometimes yeah um I feel having a very very clear system is so necessary because now in hindsight especially in my early um career I feel like I haven't done enough you know to like combat homophobic incidents and like that's still something that lives with me because I was like unsure as to what to do because school wasn't very clear on the procedure for those things and also I feel as you guys were talking about when it comes when it clashes of culture and religion how then do members of staff well how do yeah how do members of staff feel equipped to like really combat that because I know in the Caribbean community there are huge areas of um, homophobia but how to combat that can be very tricky because it is ingrained but we need to actually get together like every single member of staff and think about what we need to do in that instance where it is homophobia that has been bred from literally since you were a little tiny baby and that's I find that a really hard baby. little tiny baby like honestly <laughs> little I, tiny one. 
I just, I, I really, I can't stand because now when I think of it, it's like, wow, you were, you were afraid to kind of like go in because of the cultural connotations. But no, like we have to have a really clear system in place so that every member of staff feels empowered or feels at least like equipped to do the right thing rather than just let things yeah, slide. Man, like I would, I would use homophobic language at school, like because... Yeah. Because that's like you you were in it and you would like just try to blend in rather than like mm. <laughs> and so do you know what I mean? Like you would you, you would use those language in um like I, I remember like being in the in the changing rooms and getting called a lesbian and it hurting so much, like mm. proper hurting. And my combat to that was was to was to do it back. And so like if a teacher had walked and I and that was when I was in secondary school, and if a teacher had walked in and treated me as just like a homophobic person and that was it like yeah like that that wouldn't have been the right space for me I was awful to anyone that crossed my path when I was at school to be fair <laughs> and like so I've like been in that space where I've just said things to hurt whoever is in front of me like and I'm not saying that that is correct because it categorically was not and it was like abhorrent but having conversations with those teachers that I did it to and having conversations with like heads of year and heads of behavior and, and all of that kind of thing like from a point of education made me realize that oh I'm, I'm not a bad person but I think if I'd have just kept getting the narrative of like well you're this type of person then you're like okay cool I'll be that type of person I think that's why I feel like so strongly about like coming at it from a point of care but like you say Demali that like it has to have the wraparound if it doesn't have the wraparound like you're a one-man band like yeah <laughs> try it really hard you know yeah I, I feel like I've been kind of criticized by some queer people in the past by um having sort of like what seems to be like a controversial opinion that if um someone is pushing back on LGBT LG why can't I say it well, LGBT plus increase in education. It's a shame web. It's got cords. <laughs> it's a shame web. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I feel like I've been criticised before for not, um, for having a kind of no, no, holding no prisoners sort of attitude towards it, like as if um, kind of wanting to work together with communities because we're in an inner London, inner London city school, you know, there are loads of different backgrounds, loads of different cultures. It's a melting pot of all these different peoples with different experiences. The intersection is mad, right? Yeah. 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 And you can't just, it's too simple to say, if you disagree with this, then you're wrong and you're not, you're not welcome in our school because that's not how the world works. And you're never going to change someone's mind. You're never going to create positive change if you come in with that attitude. And I've had people, um, my queer friends say to me like, oh, but like, how can you think like that? Like that's that's siding with them or that's justifying homophobia. And it's like, this is why we're in a school to teach people. And obviously we're not going to change like whole cult, like centuries and centuries worth of a culture's um, attitudes. Like that's not going to happen. Um, but I do believe that people who do have, you know, discriminatory, dis discriminatory, discriminative? What's the word? Discriminatory. Discriminatory. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Spelling bee. Uh, She's here. <laughs> so I do feel like you can drama teacher, just so you know. <laughs> you can you can still work with people who have discriminatory attitudes and they don't necessarily have to suddenly like become like a pro-queer like ally. They don't have to come marching with you in the parade or anything. 
but they can learn to respect you as a person and learn that to share a space with you, they need to have that value you as an equal member of the community. Um, mm. Which I think is a lot harder to kind of, that's a lot easier said than done. And I think it takes a lot of work, but I think it's possible. Like I've definitely experienced that in my life. But I think, is that is that not kind of what we're asking for anyway? I, I don't think I have ever considered that... I mean, if a child was homophobic, I, I've never considered that I wanted to kind of like delve into their into their family lives and, and kind of go around and, and sort of change the opinions of, 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 of their family, whatever, wherever they're from or, or, or whatever they do for a day job. Like, I think it is just wanting to have that mutual respect. I would, I would disagree with you, Simon. Like, I think for me, I think it is so, so important to, to have that, that hard line and to say to people, this is not acceptable in our community and we will not take it. I, of course, I don't think that it's about saying, if you don't like it, fuck off. But I, I, I do think that clear parameters have to be drawn. Um, from my from my experience, I don't I don't think I've ever felt su- a, a pushback from parents when I have said things like this. So I think like parents know the amount of work you're doing. Kids know the amount of work you're doing, and even that kid who like like Courtney said like just just says something they don't really mean it, but they've said something that's homophobic and it really triggers you they know at the end of the day that you work so hard for them and your relationship is going to trump whatever you do say based on homophobia. And I think that all of students who I have taught who have exhibited homophobia to me or in front of me, I think they have they have changed the way they behave because they respect me as a person, not based, ba- just based on the fact that I care for them, I work hard for them and, and I show them that and they know that. Mm-hmm. and their parents are as well and I think but I do think it's really really important that if if anyone said to me if if for example I contacted a parent and they said look well we don't we don't think that it's okay that you're out in front of the, our kids I would say well like, I'm afraid that's that's a matter of life and you will just have to get used to that because I am not going to change uh, irrespective of yes, like that child should be welcome at school. It's also my place of work and I should feel welcome there too. And as somebody who is putting the work in, they need to put some work in too. And I will not accept a cop out of someone saying, we don't accept you. We are going to disrespect everything that you believe in and we're just going to allow our child to do that. And no, I don't think any parent would say that. I'm sure any parent would probably say, do you know what, irrespective of our beliefs, the fact that somebody is coming in and discriminating you in your place of work is unacceptable and we will address that. And I think we do just have to kind of have a hard line sometimes. Yeah, massively. I I totally agree with that 100%. But I think that's what the, what I mean in terms of like policies and SLT and it coming from the top down, that needs to be like a message that is sent out that, you know, if, if you don't agree, then maybe this isn't the right place for you because these queer people deserve to, to, to be in this space and they're not going to be driven out. It has to be, that has to be the understanding, I think. And like, We're just, everywhere. We've always been thing, here, like, babe. It's just, <laughs> it's just mad, isn't it? Like, like the fact 
that is even brought into question like I just I find it so bizarre like I remember uh I think no not last year the year before when I um teaching my GCSE class and it was an all-female space and we'd worked really hard on like creating this really safe space where they would come in and like talk about like all their like all their shit basically and we'd always have like a, like a 20 minute like coffee morning basically at the beginning of every lesson where we just like catch up about like their love lives and the home lives and what was going on it was honestly it was wonderful um but like I remember at, at one point like my coming out story came up because I obviously I wait, I say obviously I came out a lot later than like I was I think in in general for the like queer community um like I've only kind of decided on the word queer from like the age of like 25 um I've only told my family and do you know what I mean like all, all of all, all of that stuff like went public so to speak with it from the age of 25 um obviously was living in sin for many a year before that <laughs> um but I remember me coming out came up to my kids and it wasn't like this big like all right children sit down I've got a story to weave for you like do you know what I mean like it didn't it didn't happen like that and they were all just like really listening and I was so nervous because it was the first group of kids that I'd really like openly like specifically spoke to about it like I'd hinted with with, with other kids but never been like so explicit um and they were and then they were just asking me loads of questions that, and that's literally all it was and the questions weren't offensive like the questions were genuinely coming from a place of just like naivety and wanting to know more mm, mm. um and then we had this like really beautiful moment where they were like like miss you're living your best life like just like really really nice moments and then I think it said it in that in the article that we spoke about like when you do that you then expect it to have like whooshed around the school and like the next time you're on break duty like you're going to be Kangle Dyke and like it's all gonna like <laughs> kick off in your face <laughs> um, and then and then it just it just didn't like it just didn't happen and then like a few months later I was doing a like specific uh like a, um LGBTQ plus relationship session with my coaching group who were at that point were in year 10 and it it came up like we were doing like a true or false thing and the thing was like all queer people know that they're queer by the age of 17 and you had to like stand up if you thought it was true sit down if you thought it was false and loads of them stood up and I was like sit down all of you sit down <laughs> are you mad and then I was like I didn't come out till I was 25 and it literally like because like in those coaching group spaces it's so colloquial you know, and I think I hadn't even realised it had come out of my mouth when it had come out of my mouth. <laughs> and one of the girls in there was in my drama class and she just like looked at me and like smiled. And then all of the class, again, same thing, just questions. Like it wasn't this big hurrah, like it was literally, they were just so interested mm. and not in like an offensive way at all. And I had like one of the kids had been had expressed some like fairly homophobic views in the lesson before. And we'd like allowed them, like we'd allowed them in the space and we'd, we'd like talked through them. And and he came up to me at the end of the session and was like, miss, I'm so sorry. Like, I feel like I must've really offended you when I was saying those things. And like the fact that he even had that level of like empathy 
was was enough for me to go uh okay yeah like you're you're not homophobic like Mm -hmm. that's something that that has come from your space and has been like filtered through into you but when you because like so many kids don't even recognize that they know queer people in in my last school there was I think it was like start of the year this year seven girl came up to me and um because I was out of my last school as well and she said, sir, can I ask you a personal question? Bear in mind, she'd been there like a hot minute. Like she's in year seven. She's just turned up. And I was like, yeah, of course, Gracie. And she went, sir, are you gay? And I was like, yeah. And you know, the first thing she said was she turned around, she looked at me and she went, good for you. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I'm just so, <laughs> so taken aback. I was like, but at the same time, I was like, babe, like I've been living like this for a long time before you turned up. <laughs> I really needed that like vote of confidence. Good for you. Really, like. Good for you. I feel Good like though having those conversations with the kids is part of this um like the movement forward, right? And it relates to the question that we're actually going to get onto in a sec, which is is it a teacher's duty to come out to their colleagues and students? Now, duty is a very strong word, so I don't really know how I feel about that at the moment. But then if more people felt comfortable enough to have that honest conversation with their students. I feel like they'd be surprised to see how much the students needed that because a lot of the homophobia is coming out of ignorance, as we know. But if they were actually to sit and listen to someone who they love and respect and broaden their perspective, that's a massive learning, like a life lesson for them. So... I don't know. I feel there needs to be more, there should be more opportunities for little pockets of students to have that experience because it's, it yeah. normalises it in a way. But I don't know, like, obviously, I think, yeah. yes. I, I had an experience really recently in the, like, few months that we were allowed back into school this academic year. Um, and I was with my coaching group and we were looking, we were doing a session about... Um, Munro Bergdorf and like who she was and what she was doing um and and her like in like her intersection and it kind of like prompted some really bizarre uh like I did yeah I know the questions yeah yeah and like and my coaching group is like is I mean they're they're bloody brilliant but like they're, they're I've got about two or three girls in there that are like proper activists like really 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 strong like want to start a LGBTQ plus society like I think some of them do the um girl stuff with you as well uh Damali. and as soon as someone said a question that could be considered transphobic but from but to an adult's ears I'm going oh it's just because they don't understand but these girls just were like you can't say that, blah, 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 blah. And then this then prompted them to get super defensive. And they were like, oh, we're not transphobic. And then all of a sudden, this like mad argument had happened. And my co-coach was running that session at the time. And I walked in afterwards and it was like this really tense vibe. And I was like, guys, what's going on? And uh, my co-coach, when they were left for break, he was like, oh my God, Courtney, that was so tense. And he explained what had happened. And I was like, right, okay, on like, when we have coaching again, I'm going to tackle this because because that conversation then just went into the playground. And they were like shouting at each other in the playground, calling each other transphobes. Honestly, it was madness. 
And so we had that conversation in coaching on Thursday and it was like, so I was like, what did like, what do the letters stand for? And what does being trans mean? And like, because they like all of this stuff that I kind of take for granted that I know, just know in my head, cause I'm part of the like queer community they obviously don't know <laughs> like it's do you know what I mean like unless they've gone to actively like sort it out or unless we have taught it to them specifically like they just don't know and there was the and so when I was then talking to them about like and, and obviously I'm not an authority on on trans in any way shape or form but I try and like educate myself as much as as like one person can um and so I was talking to them about like what what being trans is and you know what being like a trans child is and how would you you know like how would you feel if that was you or like how would you like how would you react if it was your friend like trying to all build from just like empathy and kindness and respect and we then had this really beautiful fruitful conversation and I ended up like talking to them about my my sexuality within that as well and talking about gender with them because I've always like yeah gender's a bit of a confusing topic but like you know I was like open to them that I was like really confused about gender and that that's okay and I'm you know 27 and that's that's cool um and it was this really lovely conversation and there was no shouting there was no arguing like and it, it just went really beautifully but then I spoke to other coaches that had done a similar session and the coaches that weren't queer generally had brushed over the transphobia. Oh, let's move. Let's go quickly. Bah, 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 bah. And and I felt, and then they were like, "What did you do?" And I was like, "Oh, well, I had I had I had the conversation." <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel like that isn't that isn't their fault that they didn't do that, but like because that's the community that I live in and that I. I'm part of I feel empowered within those situations with the like knowledge that I hold and but still being transparent that I am not the authority like again I know we've mentioned gay guru but I you know saying <laughs> that I'm not yeah. that um and and I think it's like we need to empower teachers just on all levels to be able to have those like to have those conversations um you're like yes obviously it needs to come from top down of course it does but like if every single teacher just goes running to like SLT when something like that happens we're not gonna we won't get anywhere you know like because then we're only dealing with the because then we're only dealing with the the times where it's horrible we're only dealing with the homophobia we're not dealing with the bit that should happen before which is the like education and the, and the conversation and you know that that stuff I see it the same way um, that we approach race and microaggressions. Like yeah. people now wouldn't dream of going to a black member of staff and asking them to do something because they're dealing with a black student or whatever else. So why should we treat LGBTQ plus issues and homophobia the same? So we just need to start being really conscious about how we move forward with this and actually yeah empower members of staff to tackle these issues like properly um I've, I've lost my train of thought however I, I think it's the same it's the same thing and why we're not treating it in the same way like explicitly is frustrating yeah because then because then it answers the question doesn't it about like duty of coming out or not because it doesn't matter if like yeah. everyone is having those conversations or like whenever they come up rather than trying to avoid them or pointing them in the, in the direction of a queer member of staff mm, that they happen to mm. know, like if everyone is having them, then whether you like the, 
whether you as a teacher want to come out or not just is absolutely irrelevant like um it gives you back the choice of whether or not you feel like it's right for you to do in that in that point in your life yeah because i felt like mad shame there was a point where i changed at the time i was i was um dating someone and i was talking about my weekend and i changed their their pronoun to him Mm-hmm. like before like before I had I had come out and I felt such shame from doing that in front of a class of like and they were like year nine I think like such shame and my then, partner my partner's a yeah, big one partner, yeah like, and I say like, quite like, <laughs> yeah. and, and like after that I like left school and I was so upset with myself like 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 properly upset like tears upset that I had that I had done that um and so but and and that was for me because I just had that like real intense reaction to that moment that for me was when I was like right fuck this I'm I'm gonna be out at school to teachers um staff and and children obviously I'm not gonna like stand in the canteen with a megaphone and scream it out (laughs) Um, and and I'd love to see it to be fair Um, I would love to do that let's do that should we do it I think when we're back in it would be great yeah, I mean, we'd have to have a big room, though, because there's so many of us at School 21. It is the gayest school in the UK. So. And, yeah, and to socially distance as well, I think it'd be quite difficult. But I'm up for, a, like, marching around the school outside with a big megaphone. Yeah, we can have the ribbons on sticks. Absolutely. Oh, my God. We, pushed it. we got into the Pride Parade this year. School 21 did. And it was obviously, ca- yeah, we got, oh, um, like, oh. me, and, me and Courtney um, kind of applied to be in the Pride Parade as a community. And um, obviously, because of COVID, it was cancelled, so we didn't get to do that. But, like, what an amazing oh God. step would that have been? Were you going to get a float? would have been, yeah. We, I don't think we would have got a float, but we would have, put, we would have been shoved to the back with all the charities and the people who were actually doing the work on the ground rather than the... Or the big yeah. like, capitalist commercial but we, companies. We would like have made our own float and just had it happen. It would have been epic. I love yeah. That. yeah. But like I that, that that would have been a real question, right? Then of like, okay, so which queer teachers are gonna come on the are gonna come on the Pride March? Because then you are yeah. like you, you can't be more out than like being on a Pride parade with your school name above you, right? Like Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think this is kind of why some queer people feel like there's like a lot of conflict between the two from their personal life and their work life as well, because you're kind of like, in some way, you might be shamed by the by your community, your, your LGBT community for not coming out. And then you might be shamed by your school community for coming out and living authentically as well. So it's really difficult to kind of have to choose from that. And I, I don't think it's everyone's, you know, it's, it should be expected that everyone should be completely out and, out and proud. At what, you know, you might, be, you might be young, you might be at some point in your life where that's not the right time for you so it, it can be really difficult and it's that pressure of being like a role model right like I obviously I know that to a certain extent being a teacher like there's there's always going to be a certain like role model lens do you know what I mean like you you should act in the way that you want that you want your students to act and things like that but I feel like if you then like make a really open de- I'm going to say declaration that you're <laughs> queer then it, it almost like adds to that role modelness, right? Of like, well, now you've oh, got this job as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like now, now you need to blaze the trail for all the queer children. Um, yeah, and like some days I'm like, yeah, I can, I'm that. 
you know what I mean like some days I feel so strong and empowered to be that person but some days nah like such what I mean like some days I'm like I'm not the best version of me and I'm not the best version of of the queer version of me and I feel ashamed about it or you know, like you know all of this stuff um and I feel sometimes that pressure um can sometimes hit those of us that are out more than those of us that aren't of like for obvious reasons um so I, I totally understand people that that don't want to come out I totally I think understand it's the, it. the number of times you can have to come out as well because <laughs> like especially I mean like first time you came out for yourself and then when you go into a new school you come out and then to a class you come out and then someone else parent, tells maybe. them yeah you've got to come out to them it's like it is uh, it is traumatic to have to go through that again I think it's quite it's quite difficult and I think obviously there might I mean I think one thing that might hold people back is the fact that there is that trauma that we still experience and you you don't want to be in that vulnerable position again I personally and think I would I I I prefer being out because I feel closer to the kids in the sense that I can have a proper conversation with them about it. And yeah, and you're being honest. It, yeah. yeah, it's nice. I, I think like I've I've had conversations with with kids where they'll they'll ask me like you know when they when they're about to leave the classroom or come in and they say like oh what are you going to do with your boyfriend on the weekend, sir? It's things like that, which just acknowledge, acknowledging that you're a human is 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 what we I really love about teaching. Yeah. I think that's what you said about it, us, um, how many times that people have to come out sometimes. That kind of reminds me of how this issue isn't just fixed with one conversation either. I think sometimes when you have, like, drop-down sort of... Um, weeks and things like that that we sometimes do it's like you kind of expect or or a coaching session or something like that you kind of expect the problem to be fixed in in one mm. conversation and actually it's about finding any like finding the excuses the excuses <laughs> the excuses, <laughs> the excuses. To, <laughs> the excuses to, to build that in wherever you can and that should go for all human rights like yeah find an example that kind of like links to what you're talking about whenever you can and it can't just be within the sphere of this like little lgbt bubble that we're talking about it has to be kind of um spread across everything and it's it's about like linking it to curriculum right and and i think like fundamentally like just linking it to whatever values you have within your school so like as the drama department like over lockdown we looked at our curriculum and we were like oh this is this is intense like it's quite white and it's quite male and quite a lot of them are dead um and so it was like what are we like gonna do to make this way more like representative of of us as staff but also us as 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 cohorts and newham and do you know what i mean like all, like all of that stuff and um like it's it's we're we're very proud of our curriculum now like with its with its revamp obviously it's still working and it's still always changing but me and one of the other drama teachers who's also gay me and him were like shit we've got no queer representation within our curriculum like and we've we've tried to think really explicitly about the intersections of of our curriculum and we just totally missed out queer, like any queer representation so we were like right and then and then there was this weird conversation that we had we were like if if we just 
like shove in this curriculum like this scheme of work now is that us like tick boxing like it, but is that something that that is is like a positive move like a like a mm. you know um and so we were like do you know what fuck it like we're going to do this really really cool scheme for year eight that's all about um it, it's all based around coming out and it's like gender and and sexuality um and we're using like real people's stories basically it's like a verbatim skit it's going to be sick I'm very excited about it but when we were planning it we were like oh do we like we need to send do we need to send a letter home to parents because we're going to be teaching them about this stuff and then I was he was he was more for it because he was like I don't want to deal with like parent complaints but I was really against it because I was like, no, we shouldn't have to. Like, we're not like it. We're not doing sex ed like and relationship education is completely like compulsory and part of the curriculum now. And also we're not even teaching relationships. We're talking about relationships with themselves. Like we're talking about people coming out and we're talking about people, you know, thinking like rethinking their gender and rethinking their sexuality. Like it's nothing to do with anyone else but that singular person. Um, and we had this like big argument about whether um like whether we should do it um and we we spoke to some some other teachers because also me and dan felt like oh we don't want people to feel like we're doing this just because we're gay because we're we're the two teachers that were planning it and that's another gay agenda (laughs) yeah but that's another (laughs) thing that comes when you're out at school right like what you said um simon like if i if i do something that is like publicly um like pushing the gay agenda as we have coined it like I I sometimes worry how seriously I'm taken because I sometimes worry that people just go oh well they're like they're doing it for selfish reasons because they're gay yeah and it's selfish and it, it it took a lot for Dan and I to like really like plan this scheme of work so it's like watertight so because we feel like it's going to be scrutinized more because it's been it's a queer scheme of work planned by two queer people mm-hmm. um which is a really weird space to be in man like really weird yeah i've i've been in like parent meetings where i've invited parents to come in to talk about sort of um lgbt weeks that we're holding or whatever and it's it is the most terrifying thing to have to face down all these people who are like that's what and you that's kind of what you suspect they might think and they it's again there's there's I don't think there's enough support behind teachers to to kind of confront those those moments either Mm. I I definitely think that um people take it for granted that individually you might think oh I'm tolerant like I understand but that's like on an individual level and there isn't enough thought about how to kind of like disseminate that to everyone I think that's a major problem and the reasons to why progress is happening but it isn't fast enough in my opinion because it's like it's like if you think about it like sorry go on no I'm finished (laughs) if you think about it like the like if we're going to talk about like representation heterosexual or heteronormative representation is everywhere we're surrounded by it and it's it's so part of our life especially for young children like it's in the fairy tales that they learn it's in the the games that they play it's about everything that they learn is through that heteronormative lens and it's never once questioned or it's never once thought of as taboo because it's kind of got the connotation of sex in there because it's about relationships and it's just about love 
And this is a huge thing for younger children that it's, it's never questioned at all. Whereas the moment you have uh, queer representation in there, it's thought of as something else and something um, not like sold appropriate. Yeah. It? yeah, it's thought of as like sordid and sexual, like all the time. And I think that's yeah. something as like a primary teacher that I've really had to dismantle in my mind and like keep telling myself like this, like this is appropriate for, for children. And I think we're actually so lucky, like all of us, to be teaching this generation of kids who are on the whole, like really empathetic and really curious and really welcoming. And they 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 enjoy learning about it and they, they want to learn about it. And I think if you talk about it and have those conversations enough, it then becomes just sort of like, oh, this is normal. And like, yeah, duh. But like, of course, there's queer people everywhere. And like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's not so crazy that you've turned around to me and said, like I, I had a, a, a kid come to me, I brought my boyfriend to an exhibition one time and they came to me the next day and they said, who was that boy that you were with? And I was like, oh, that was my boyfriend. And they were like, oh, you mean girlfriend though? And I was like, no, no, I mean, I mean boyfriend. And they just sort of went, oh, cool. And then it just became like part of the conversation next time. And it's like, they're very accepting on the most part. Um, so I think we're really lucky to be teaching this generation. I had it where I was, I was walking home from... Um, the shops and a girl lived near me who was one of my students I was with my boyfriend and she she was a year 10 Henria my favorite student of all time <laughs> she went, sir was that your boyfriend you were with and I was like yeah it was Henria she went sir he's actually so attractive you're well punching above your weight and I was like oh my god I love that <laughs> That's the thing, when right? it becomes like, shade, you know that you've like made it with them. Yeah, <laughs> you put yourself in. But I think, and I think, like going back to that question about like, is it a duty of a queer person, like a queer teacher, to be out? Like, I feel like it isn't the duty for you to be out. But when you are out, it is your duty. It feels like it's your duty to have those conversations. Like it very much feels. I'm not saying that that's the, that that's the right thing or the wrong thing. But like, I think, yeah, when you make the choice to be out with teach with teachers and students, it then becomes like quite a quite a pressure to yeah. like because I think as well, I've I've had it before. So I, I came out to the staff base before I came out to, to kids. Um and so many teachers just assumed that I was out to children. And like the amount of times that they would like had like nearly outed me to kids and stuff. And it, it like, I found that quite shocking because there was just this like really like heteronormative lens on it of like, oh, well, I was comfortable telling you who's my adult colleague. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but, and then like, the thought process that I would be as comfortable as telling a 12 year old. like and, that, and, and like kids that I don't teach and kids that I don't know, like I don't I don't mind any kid knowing about like me being a queer person because I do think it like it, it needs to happen um not about me individually like everyone must know that I Courtney Hansen am queer <laughs> but I don't mean that like um, like I think it's I think it's important that like kids that I don't teach know or like it, it might come up in in conversation on the playground or it is do you know what I mean like because I will obviously only talk about it with children that I teach and children that I know or children that I'm having like some kind of conversation with but I feel like if we want if we want the visibility to happen it needs to be a conversation that is happening 
everywhere like oh did you see uh miss hampton's girlfriend the other day or do you know what i mean like because kids are obsessed with teachers lives like obsessed with <laughs> teachers lives and i i wouldn't want I wouldn't want that to not be spoken about because even when I came out to kids at school, they think it's a secret because they're so ingrained that it's this shameful thing that, that people wouldn't want to come out. Yeah. And I'm still kind of up in the air of whether that is a good or a bad thing. Um, I, I've been like debating in my mind whether to actually bring up this story myself, actually, because it's not obviously like about me, but I think it just shows so many issues Um when it comes to like coming out because I remember I was having a conversation with my coaching group when they were back in year nine and for some reason um it came up that we were talking about like members of staff just like really briefly in a discussion and it came up that um one of the members of staff was gay and I confirmed it um but like I did it out of just me accepting it so it was just so normal to me that I completely forgot that actually that's something that the kids maybe wouldn't know. And that is their right to, like the teacher's right to come out to them. And when I realised, it was like one of those moments where the neurons were just going, go, go, go. And when I realised what I said, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Like I was mortified. I was so, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to tell and whatever else. And it was like how to manage that situation when the kids were like, what did you say? But then at the same time, I was like, why does coming out have to be so scary? And I can't, I can't answer that. Because, I can't even say that because I am a straight woman. I will never know what it's like. However, I just felt frustrated that it was such a big deal to the children. And I felt frustrated that I had to go to someone and act like their sexuality was a problem to tell them that like, this is what had happened in my coaching room. Because in that me, moment, you probably thought yeah, you were being yeah. an ally, right? Yeah. And I, it yeah. was just so, like, for me, I just didn't even think properly. But then the consequences of that were just so daunting. I was like, this isn't right. But again, I still feel so awkward saying that as a straight person because I will never know how it feels. So I feel if we kind of work towards normalising coming out, that's the foundational piece. Because once people normalise coming out, I'm not saying, like, we need cake and candles and whatever else, but rather no, 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 than making categorically it... categorically <laughs> yeah. Watch your mouth before you say those words, don't mind. cake and candles. <laughs> cake and candles can do as well, but... As I was upset at the lack of cake and candles when I came out. I think no, you need, like, a can-can dance in there as well, as the cake and candles yeah. as well. A whole, a whole shebang. We can have the shebang, <laughs> but, I, like, it shouldn't just be a, oh, my God, oh, my God, an existential crisis fuck that no like we need to move forward from that now because when these things happen they won't be as terrifying for everybody involved and they, it doesn't need to yeah. be terrifying for everyone involved like it doesn't actually make sense to me and the fact it is like that is I, I think the way that students see teachers respond to those is so impactful as well because there is there is going to be queer people uh, queer students there's going to be trans students there's going to be non-binary students and gender non-conforming students in any school I don't care what anyone says yeah like yeah. they exist and every little interaction that we have with uh, how we address 
the LGBT community, like that's like sending a little message to all those students and like bit by bit by bit over their school career, over their primary school career and their secondary school career, they're piecing all these things together like like a um, a tapestry. And then that is what allows them to to kind of form an opinion on it. And yeah, I just, it's, yeah. What the way that they see teachers respond to it is really important. Agreed. I think it's based on as well, like, um, it's a t I think it still is a teacher's own responsibility to come out if it's if they want to, because it's because ultimately, like, I'm not saying that this happened in that case, Damani, but mm. say that teacher was prepping their lesson upstairs, and they've like they've got five minutes and they've got to print out thirty sheets, and like they're already flustered, and a kid from your group comes, pokes their head, and goes, "Are you gay?" that's going to like that's so is is, is going to be so triggering and i think that that's why it's so important for for those teachers to control their own narrative in those situations and i suppose any teacher who is lgbtq plus they have to have that conversation with themselves maybe like not necessarily before you come a teach before you become a teacher or um immediately as soon as you enter the classroom but it's something you've got to think about is that these are the positives that can happen if you do come out to your kids. As Simon says, like you're going to be a role model. You're going to, and that's not necessarily an active role model. It could just be somebody who is inspiring and somebody that people feel makes them comfortable. Um, but at the same time, you have to marry that with, um, is your own trauma going to get in the way? And sometimes, sadly, it does just because it's so deep-seated within ourselves. And hearing those words, are you gay? can be so triggering for so many people that they just don't want to put themselves through it in a place of work. So I can get, I get why people choose not to. And I, I think it's so important that it's their responsibility to choose. But at the same time, I think there are so many benefits. I think if I was to, if someone was to ask me, should I come out to my kids? If I become a teacher, I would say absolutely, because it's so rewarding for you. It makes you feel close. And I think for me as a child, with, when I came out to my friends, I felt so close, so much closer to them because I felt like I wasn't hiding part of myself anymore. And I think that's yeah. the same with your kids as a teacher is that you don't feel like you're hiding something back. There's, there's nothing that you're not telling them in the sense that in an appropriate way, of course, there are things we keep that we don't tell them, but there's nothing about you which is um, not authentic. And being your authentic self with them can make that relationship and the impact you have on their lives so much more valuable. And also, I think it's like with in the like Demali when you had had said that at that point, obviously you were just like it was uh, like you. It's like Simon said, you were being an ally, right? Like it didn't even it didn't even come into your head that it was something that you shouldn't say because it's mm. something that's so like something that's so usual and something that's that's like okay. Um, but but I think like that's that's where we need to be having conversations with straight people like do you know what I mean like we need to be like pushing the fact that we have this like training as as staff of like how we deal with those situations um because I I have had like members of staff talk openly about my my sexuality in front of in front of kids when I haven't been there and not that I don't like it but it just it just feels a bit weird mm. because I don't necessarily trust that that teacher is going to be able to defend against any like negative thinking or or answer the questions you know, that only you know the answers to yeah um 
and but but that's when it gets into that weird place right of like you obviously want to have the conversations and you want to be super visible but you kind of also want to be there and like because that I think I agree with you Rob like that should be the choice of that teacher um because otherwise it can just lead into like a whole like a whole load of of questions where the only person that has the authority on those answers isn't there um, I do like I do think that it's it if you are considering coming out to your kids you do have to expect that you won't be in control of that narrative all the time though because kids yeah. will talk to each other like what like we were saying earlier like they'll they'll spread the word outside of class it's, it's just gossip to them isn't it I suppose it's how yeah. you deal with it I love that if somebody hasn't spoken to you or you have spoken to them, and they bring I just, I just love the fact that I could be that interesting that uh, like a bunch of 14 year olds would find my sexuality interesting like I just find it fascinating I mean, we, are, <laughs> like, we are the center of these kids worlds let's face it <laughs> I think that's one of the most positive things about it is that like you you are going to be the representation of what is molding and shaping their attitudes towards queer people in the future mm-hmm. and that's such a positive powerful thing but that's also like fucking terrifying, yeah. you know, especially for kids that have no queer people in their life outside of well, queer people that they know of, like within their world, like outside of school. You are then like shaping their their entire um, yeah. outlook on what it is to be queer. Like um, and that 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 can be really intense. I mean, it's it's exciting. Do you know what I mean? Like because you, you can be like a real you can like talk to these kids really in depthly about it, knowing that that can be a really open path for you to explore with them. But it can also be really terrifying because you know that they might go home and be told a very, very different narrative. And you don't know whether that's going to then affect that, your relationship with, with that student because, because I, and I think that that's quite a scary thing. At the same time, they could go home and go onto Google and be like, Do you know what, I really want to know more about this because this is, something that I need to know more about and I'm sure that's like I think that for me, I did that as a kid like I remember in my year seven class, like the first time I was kind of thinking about it someone said to me are you gay and I was like no and then I went home and googled it I was like yeah maybe I am <laughs> oh yeah that, that I am that yeah <laughs> oh that thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I am that I do, I do find men really attractive <laughs> I think, but it can also happen with parents as well. Like, obviously, being a primary school teacher, I've had like you have very frequent interaction with parents, and I was I had such a good relationship with this one parent. And then when I held a workshop for the Equality Week we were going to have, they they came in, they had a very very uh, opposing view to me, and they were kind of asking lots of questions like, I don't think this terminology is right, I don't think this phrasing is right, we shouldn't be using the word sexuality and things like that, which. I mean, I think that's a discussion that could be had as well. I, I found it really sad that, like, this um, this really great relationship that I'd had, I, it now made me feel slightly different. Obviously, I wouldn't treat a parent differently after that, but it, it, in the back of your mind, you are thinking, oh, there's something not as I thought it was before. So it can work both ways, I think. Um, I feel like we can go on and talk for a, probably another two hours. However, <laughs> which, yeah, but honestly, like, thank you both so much for just like being so beautiful and authentic and like transparent about things. Like, I feel enlightened about everything, to be honest. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Thank you.
because I think like having these like part of the reason that you know we don't it, there isn't more visibility in schools is because these conversations aren't out there to listen to and you know what I mean that kind of stuff so you know being able to be like part of that like thanks for creating that that platform for us to do that because yeah. it's, it's really cool I think if anyone is thinking about going into teaching or anything like that like and you're worried about these issues we are so lucky to be in a school where we have so many allies in each other and we have um, the access that we do to, to so much support from each other. I think that's what makes working at our school so great. And <laughs> like I, I know we want to big up our school, but I, I do want to say like the majority of schools are very, very good, are very, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not that you need to necessarily find the perfect school, which is going to not be uh, discriminatory. They exist. Every, everyone has, I mean, there's, there are bad apples out there, but like, it's not. I don't know. It's not the worst worst profession to enter in. in and you will yeah. you will find allies. Like you will find your people. Like, <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Like you you, I would very. I'd be so surprised if there were schools where there was literally like one queer person. Do you know what I mean? Like that that yeah. would shock me. I know that we do work in quite a queer space, but like, you know, and and it's like anything like yeah there's systemic homophobia that we all will have to deal with at some point or another but i think being a teacher like on the ground level having being able to have those those conversations with kids that i was never privy to have as a kid is just is just mad like and i, I think that's what's important like i think yeah if you're ever worried about like coming out to kids i just wouldn't be because they they're actually way nicer than you think they're going to be <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we have time to play the emoji game just for a little bit? Do you fancy? I'm it? here for it. Yeah. I'm into it. Let's go. Okay. So I'm going to try and present my screen. This is the most social interaction I've had in weeks. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> let's go. So Courtney and Simon, you're going to go head to head. I might need you to close your eyes for a second because I feel like you're going to see the answers. But oh my god, how do you actually present your screen here? Oh, share screen. Oh my god. It's, it was highlighted in oh green. How are, how are you coping with uh, virtual school, babe? <laughs> um, don't even, don't ask. Right, close your eyes, I think, guys. Yay, it's working. So the rules are, you can open your eyes. Okay. You have to guess what the phrase is based on the emojis. Okay. Got so it. So the first person, the first person to get it gets a point. Do we just have to say it out loud? Um... No, thumbs in. Do we do like thumbs, a, thumbs in, thumbs in, like visually thumbs should in. Should we have well. like a, a dinger, like a bing bong? Yeah, <laughs> make, make, up your, make up your noise. You Who's should make noise? the noise of the armadillo, Simon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that takes a long time. <laughs> <laughs> What's your one, Courtney? Um, <laughs> Love it. Amazing. Okay, are you ready? What does this emoji say? I don't know who was first. I don't know who was first either. Music it to my cool. ears. Oh. Uh, was it you? Sorry, Courtney. <laughs> oh my God, a rinse. Okay, that was a What's test. What's the answer? One. What's the answer? Oh, that can be is a test one. It's bloody music to my... Is it two ears? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah ears. Mr. You don't say music to my ear, do you? Music to my oh, ears. Oh, ears. There we go. Oh, music to yeah. my ears. Right, that was a trial run. Trial run. I think test maybe one. we should do a thumb in. A okay. thumb in, okay. Yeah. Right. All right. So first, cool. some I can see. <laughs> Next. Oh, this is you. This Ooh, is you, Simon. Right? Uh, Queen Bee. 
Regina yes. George. <laughs> Simon, did Love you know it. that I've got a tr- I've got a trolley that I have all my equipment in at school and I've got Queen Bee written on the front of it. Oh my god, amazing. I love that. I've got a trolley as well that I push around school. Maybe I could decorate my trolley with that. Right. Damali's got some letters. Damali's got some letters. Gold Would I be like Queen Bee number two though? <laughs> number two, yeah, I'm afraid. Queen I'm actually You could be you could be Queen readers. Bees, but with a Z. Queen Bees. I'm actually at the moment I'm Ooh. Queen Be because I've lost <laughs> the it's it's kind of like bebe, like um uh like a French bebe. Bebe. <laughs> bebe. Right, okay. Are we ready for the next one, guys? Yeah. Yes. Okay, no, that's the answer. Oh, the the reveal. Uh well romance. <gasps> what Courtney, did Ooh. you guess that at all? Ooh. No, not at all. Oh my god. I did not get that either. Simon, you're good at it. my first rodeo, bitches. <laughs> oh okay, right. Next one. Next one. Courtney. Uh, Courtney. An emotional roller coaster. A a a. Well done. Is that right? Yeah. Well oh done, babes. Yeah. My little uh, box was covering the roller coaster, so I'm gonna give you that one, Courtney, this time. <laughs> okay, whatevs, whatevs. <laughs> oh, is there a roller coaster in it? Yeah. Oh my god, that yeah, might... my thing's covering the roller coaster as well. I was like, I do not get that. Like, <laughs> I was okay. like, what, all the emotions? Like, yeah, all the emotions. Yeah. Right, next one. Oh, this ah. is hard. Simon. Lightning never strikes twice. I was just going to say that. Is that it? Yeah. Well, it says oh doesn't god, strike yes. twice, but it's the same. Wow. twice. Wow. Simon, you're very right. good. Courtney, you? you're gonna, you've got to get in there. Right, three, know, two, man. one. Next one. This is tricky. I know. I don't know. Oh, uh, oh. Simon, is it head over heels? Head over heels, Courtney. You... What's your idea? Head over heels. Is that right, Dame Molly? Yes, you've seen the answers, haven't you, Simon? No, but clearly this is just my, my level of you, my area of expertise. <laughs> I got yes, really distracted yes. by the by the top emoji for a minute and thought it was something else. <laughs> Head <laughs> heels. That looks like my t- my uh, grinder profile. Yeah, <laughs> maybe edit this bit out, mate. Yeah. I might change my grinder profile to this. That's really good, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, like I'm I joking. I don't. Write I mean, I'm, I probably need a different one. I'll use the other direction. <laughs> I'll share the slides nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, share the slides. Yeah. Um, the next one. Next one. I love this uh, one. Uh, Courtney. Is it luck of the Irish? Yes, girl. It is. Is it? Yes. Well done. Yes. Why is it luck of the Irish? Four leaf clover. Irish flag. Yeah. Seven 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 is lucky. Mm. What what's the arrow then? Of the. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, I did not get that. Lucky the universal lucky. symbol for of the. Yeah. <laughs> symbol for of. Duh. Ooh. Ooh. I've got no clue. I deliberately chose this one. Once you get it, go on Simon. Is it right on the dotted line or something like that? No. Think about it. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on the X. Oh, I've got it, I think. Rob, I think can I, I tag you it. in? 
Do you want another clue? Yeah. Okay. One of them signifies spot. Yeah, that's I got it. Yeah. The word spot. Yeah, I've got it. I'd say the calendar is not helpful. Yeah, it's very misleading, <laughs> isn't it? But I think about what you would do with a calendar like that when you would use that symbol on the calendar and how someone would put that in a phrase. You've got a very important date that you need to make sure that X is in. That's not helping. Courtney. Day, I'm here, my phone. No, Courtney. someone on my phone went in. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'm going to give that to Courtney, I'm afraid. <laughs> you have that, Courtney. Thank you so much, Rob. I've heard that you're a fair spot. game. I got caught up in the drama of it, guys. <laughs> you like to get that. So what does the calendar mean? Is it like, is the calendar and the pencil the same picture, essentially? I think so. Because you know when you'd like mark the spot on the calendar? I've never done that day, Molly. Neither have I, but you know, I've watched movies. <laughs> I, I, I would <laughs> I'd put a media. treasure chest. A treasure chest? Yeah. Mm. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a good one. This is... Easy, but like go, go, go. diamond, diamond. Uh, don't cry, be happy. Oh, Courtney. Courtney. Don't worry, be happy. Ooh. Yes. Oh, <laughs> famous Bob Marley song, Simon. Don't cry, be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, okay. we're neck and neck at the moment. Oh, oh my god, we're gonna sudden death. I had a slow start. I had a slow start. There are two Should more. Should we do one more deciding? Yeah. There are two no, more. All the, right, the, okay. next, the next, next one, one is easy, though. Okay, try it. Ooh. I got it. Ah, Courtney. Oh, go on, Courtney. Road rage. Courtney. Yes. Yes, Courtney. Oh, well done. Ooh, I was trying to figure out what cappuccino meant. I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any Mexican. <laughs> Spanish. Right, final oh, one. God. Rob, you would actually know about that with me in the car. Yeah, you are very Got bad. It. Courtney. Um, letting the cat out of the bag. Ooh. Ooh are we, or is it don't let the cat Ooh. out of the bag? It's, the cat's it's out of the, the bag, isn't it? The cat's out yeah. of the bag. Yeah. In what context are we talking about? Is it a secret to keep or is it a secret that's come out? <laughs> Rob, show, show the words, show the words. The cat's that out, of the, out of the bag. So I I'm confused now because you're, what, you're not far off, but... I thought it was the pussies up in the bag. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it! That is City Girls energy. She's up in the bag. Um, I feel like <laughs> I feel like you still deserve a point for that one. All right. I feel like you both do. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I think Courtney should get that point because it was along okay. those lines. <laughs> I, I, I've got a whole selection of others. If you just want to do a quick bonus round. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, that's Sorry. Should we do, do a bonus round to see who gets it. Okay, so make sure they're shuffled. Um. Oh my god, I can't shuffle for shit. Okay. Oh, this is really relying on my internet connection to be stable. Da, 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 da. Which is... Go back. I've got it. Simon. Um, the key to my heart. Ta-da! Yeah. yeah. Who's the winner? And that Simon jumps ahead with one point. Hey. Mm. Oh, it was a good it was a good game. It was a that good was a game. Very Simon. I think you let me have it, Courtney, to be fair. You're a winner. Always. I'll always let you yeah. have it, babes. Love you, babes. <laughs> Also, we never got to talk about our mugs. Oh, yes, the mugs. The mugs, the mugs. Would you like to tell us about your mug? Do you, we do it quick. Mine's really boring, so I'll take one Go second. On. This on. is a mug. I don't drink hot drinks, so my mum brought me two mugs, and Courtney has used this mug more than I have because I make her hot drinks when she comes here and I never use it. 
I thought that was kind of cute. Courtney, what's yours? It's cute. Mine is not as cute. Mine is from a musical called Usher's the Musical. <laughs> I mean, Which that's... is a musical I went to go and see when I was a front of house usher um, at the Playhouse Theatre, represent. Um, <laughs> and it was just a really funny musical about being in front of house stuff. And I... When I go to a, a show, I love buying some kind of tacky souvenir. Yeah. It'd be like a key ring or a mug or a t-shirt. Lovely. I thought you were yeah. going to say it was a musical about Usher. Same. Yeah. No, that'd yeah. be great yeah. though, wouldn't it? Someone needs to make that musical. He is. What What are the other songs? That, I also think you should probably audition for it, Rob, because that I audition <laughs> was stunning. That little toaster there. <laughs> well, I know the other one. Let it burn, let it burn. And don't forget about confessions. Confessions. Oh God, just confessions. Mm-hmm. Where is he now? Oh, hmm. I don't know. I don't know if we should really know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's quite. <laughs> That's what next week's podcast is going to be about. Where is Usher? Where is Usher? Where is Usher? Where has he gone? <laughs> the thing that all teachers want to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So it's been two hours. Oh right. my god! It's been over two hours, though. I mean, yeah. I don't even know if I'm my mum's ab- in the house. I'm absolutely bursting for a week. I've got to go put my salmon in in a minute. My God, my oh, Kiev's. I'll be I've enjoy got some Kiev's, but they're for tomorrow. <laughs> yes, love yeah. a Kiev. I've got Garlic nothing but white chocolate cocoa pops. White chocolate, white chocolate cocoa, cocoa pops, though. They That's bam. bougie. They're so nice. Yeah. Bit of oat milk and hot milk. It's good. That's a it's really weird great. oat milk and um, white chocolate cocoa pops. Beautiful. It's actually banging. <gasps> That's literally like Catford meets Forest Hill. <laughs> it is. It is. Catford being the cocoa pops and the uh, almond milk being the being oat milk. We don't mess with we don't mess with almond milk around here, but I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Love oat milk. Live by it. Team, I'm I'm gonna have to disappear because I'm literally about to wet myself. That's fine. It's Um, fine. Well, thank thank you guys. See you later. Thank you for having us. Bye. Great job, guys.